Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to episode 52 of the Women's Running Podcast and our 18th workshop. I'm Esther Newman, editor of Women's Running. My partner in running crime, Holly, is on holiday this week. So in a small change to the advertised program, I talked to Kate Sellers, our digital assistant. Kate has been part of the women's running team since January. She is a fitness enthusiast, a keen runner, a yoga teacher and an F45 instructor. So she's pretty mega. But her journey with running and fitness has not been entirely smooth. Two years ago, she was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue after she presented with a number of symptoms, including chronic fatigue, losing her periods and changing her appetite. She talks to me about how that happened, how she was diagnosed and her road back to recovering and running again. She also introduces the concept of different types of stress, physical and mental, all adding up to the same thing, which I find pretty mind blowing. We also talk about training differently according to your menstrual cycle, which I promise you I'm going to start doing right now. This episode is sponsored by Brooks and they have a treat for you. Hurrah! We love our Brooks and we love the new Brooks Cascadia 16. This beautiful trail shoe enables runners to explore any trail thanks to its superior grip and stability. Softer and lighter than ever due to its new DNA Loft V2 midsole, the Cascadia adapts, flexes and protects the foot, no matter how unpredictable the trail gets. And get this, we've got a fab competition right here for you to win one of two pairs of Cascadia 16s. All you need to do is head to womensrunning.co.uk forward slash Cascadia and answer a very simple question. And that's it. Find out more about the Cascadia at brooksrunning.co.uk. Thank you for stepping into Holly's shoes. No, it's all right. I'm a bit nervous. (laughs) Oh, oh no, don't be. And honestly, like, I think the thing is, is that normally I just like, I hit record and I never have, I don't have an official start, as as you can tell, if you've ever heard any of the podcasts that it can Mm. just sort of go you know random 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 chat so it's kind of um yeah it's not it's not formal I just you know I think I'm just conscious that I need to introduce you because people don't know your voice yes that's true who is this who who is this strange person but you're Kate you're you're our digital assistant and um you've been working with us for how long have you been working with it was 
I did two weeks in December before I moved house and then it was January proper that I started. Yeah. <laughs> ages, ages, yeah. but no one knows your voice. Um, no. So, and this is, um, Holly's away, so we just thought it'd be nice to have a little chat with Kate because yes. Kate does loads of stuff with us <laughs> and is into her running. Um, and there is, like, if anyone has been following Holly and me as we've been doing like training and stuff over the past couple of months me and Holly are have been training for um a half and a 10k respectively due to take place this coming weekend um (laughs) which would be exciting were it not for the fact that it doesn't seem like either of us are going to be doing it oh no oh Oh, no I know (laughs) Um, you guys have had just the worst string of luck we with have. All of these races. Yeah. So I think, um, like, for the podcast after this, Holly and I will talk about the reasons why we have crashed and burned. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, needless to say, I'm, I am holding an ice pack against my calf. Oh, no, Esther. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm gutted. I'm kind of, I'm, what I'm really worried about is the, um, I'm not, that mm. half I was just really looking forward to. So I'm gutted. But it's I'm a really, marathon, it's isn't a marathon. it? Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, physio appointment this week. See how it goes. Yes. Maybe That's I'll get the best way. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to. <laughs> so, um, right. So you, less about me, yes. which obviously is my favourite subject, but, but, <laughs> but you, right. So you are massively into running. You're huge into fitness. You teach yoga. Yes. And F45, is that right? Yes, yes. So I'm a a coach at F45, as well as teaching yoga, as well as doing writing, because just one of those things would not be enough, apparently. Yeah, (laughs) which is why you fit with women's running absolutely brilliantly. So I thought it'd just be like really interesting to find out about how, a bit about you um, and like who you are and how you got into running and what your running is like. Yes. So um, my, uh, I actually came to running quite late. Well, not in, in terms of life, but most of my friends who run started running at school or just after and really enjoyed it. Um, but I, uh, I was quite, well, I wasn't sporty when I was young. I did some swimming and skiing and stuff, but I hated PE and I hated running. Um, and then at uni, I stopped doing everything. Um, you know, instead I went to the pub, which was much better. <laughs> quite right, quite right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so when I was, I think about sort of 23, um, the, the, my fitness levels were probably the lowest they've ever been. Um, and um, it was just when I worked in an office um, job sort of all the time. And, and we decided to do a, a 5K as a team. Um, and I had never really done running before. I'd wanted to, but I'd been told by a physio when I was small that I had, um, I've got kind of knees and ankles that don't line up. They, there's kind of a twist through my leg. Um, oh which is quite odd, um, but it's just something that they looked at it and they said, oh, well, you know, never, don't, don't try to run. Um, so I listened. So that was, you know, part of the reason why I never ran. Um, and anyway, apparently when I was 23, I decided, this, let's just ignore that <laughs> and let's go and do this run. Um, but I was uh, very conscientious, luckily, um, and I did some research into what strengthening stuff I could do um, to try and stop it from um 
yeah, it's kind of aggravating. I used to get terrible shin splints and pain oh. all down the leg. Um, and then, yeah, so I strengthened that and I managed to get my park run done with the team, mm. um, which was great. And that I was off then. So after that, um, I trained and I did the 10K. Um, and then somebody made a bet with me that I could do it faster. Um, so then I started doing proper serious training and I actually used some women's running plans, <laughs> um, <laughs> doing some hill sprints and some, you know, the, 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 speed sprints and everything else that you should yeah. be doing um and uh, off the back of that because I, I managed to win my bet I won a free meal um <laughs> with my friend <laughs> um and somewhat optimistically I came home I literally came home from the 10k it was the Bristol 10k which is in like March um and uh, a couple of weeks later I watched the marathon and I was like I could do that so I signed up for the London marathon and actually got a place which <sighs> was quite alarming <laughs> Uh, and not at all what I was expecting Um, (laughs) and it doesn't happen right it so rarely happens it never happens so I knew I had to had to go for it so that's unfortunately where things started to go a bit downhill um so my first year that I was supposed to do it I got injured not to alarm you Esther oh, no. <laughs> um but I got injured and I went to a physio and he said it was going to be okay and that I could get through it um but I just couldn't it was what was the injury was, um for me it was I wasn't using my right glutes enough so my glute needs on the outside mm. um basically those were so weak um even though I've been doing quite a lot of sort of strength work you know sides two sides of the body act quite differently so I was so weak in my glute needs that um I was having knee uh, like referral knee pain um mm. and it was it was awful it would be bad during a run but it would be chronic afterwards I'd basically be off my feet until my next run oh my um, god so at that point I was like there's no point (laughs) there's no point in pushing this that happened kind of in like the January and so obviously I only had a couple of months to go so I postponed and then got a bit stroppy um because I was angry that running wasn't fun anymore and that I'd put all this pressure on myself so um had a little break and then came back and by this point I was working as a personal trainer and as a yoga teacher so I had a bit more kind of behind me Mm -hmm. um to make sure that I was doing all my cross training and all my yoga work so uh yeah I, I managed to train and managed to get up to race day happily um with no injuries and then um did the race and that was the london marathon you did the london marathon what what year was that um when was it it wasn't obviously it wasn't the year just gone it wasn't lockdown year it must have been 2019 was it the hot year uh no the hot year was the year that i pulled out of so i was quite lucky Um, yeah Yeah, maybe there was something working there because i could not have dealt with that heat no no me either um so yes yeah, so I did the London Marathon and it was fantastic obviously it's incredible you know everyone knows it was yeah. amazing up until around mile 23 which I know is a quite a big um kind of uh, point for people anyway yeah but basically at that point uh, you know when you see people crossing over the line and they they don't look like they're fully in control of all their limbs anymore yeah yeah, yeah that happened to me um and mm. I had had no preparation for this. I didn't know what to do. Um, So I stopped running, obviously, um, and had took a bit of time um, and did a bit of sort of walking and just a bit of stopping. Um, And 
uh, it really did feel like I was literally just going to fall over and that was it. And I'd have to be carted off in an ambulance. And I didn't want that when I got to mile 23. No. <laughs> um, so I sort of did a kind of a walk hobble um, to the end. Um, yeah. And it, obviously it was amazing. And it, it, at that point, my excitement kind of took over and I forgot basically that that had even happened. Um because you know it's such a long race you 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 do forget things so um yeah I came back back home um and I went back to teaching um and assumed that everything would be fine Mm -hmm. um but obviously it wasn't and obviously at the time I didn't know this till a bit later um I basically through overtraining given myself adrenal fatigue um what's that so kidneys well, it's kind of all to do with your hormones and stuff. So basically, oh. and kidneys as well. So it's basically your body just, it's too stressed is <laughs> the bottom line of it. It's too stressed. It kills yeah. your periods. It means you can't sleep, which is really ironic because it's, you, you've not, basically you've not had enough rest, but then your body refuses to rest. Um, and uh, all kinds of things, like a lot of systems and stuff aren't working as they should. Mm. Um, and, you know, being me, Nat, I ignored that. <laughs> Uh, I was like, oh, I feel a bit tired. I'm probably fine. Um, so I had a bit of time away from training and stuff. And then I just got back on it. And for the next six months, up until lockdown, I was training all the time. I was running. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I knew I wasn't sleeping and I knew I wasn't really okay. But mm. I kept on pushing because life was just busy. Mm. Um, and I, I do get a lot of enjoyment out of being in a workout routine. So um, I found that hard to sort of, yeah, pull back on. Mm-hmm. Um but then lockdown happened. So that's kind of where everything starts to go back uphill again. No, that doesn't sound right either. How is it possible that you can go downhill, but things going, so, you know, like if things go downhill, situation goes downhill, that's bad, but something going uphill also sounds horrible, doesn't it? It does sound pretty. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a weird analogy, but I'm with you. I'm working with you. Let's maybe, maybe turn it to an escalator or something. I don't know. Yeah. So then I hopped on an escalator. (laughs) Um, because obviously everything had to stop at that point. I couldn't, I couldn't do all the training that I was doing and, and I couldn't, I wasn't at the gym all the time and I wasn't teaching yoga all the time. Um, and I actually got proper, proper rest. Um, and, uh, then yeah, I started to realize that I really hadn't been well for the past kind of year at that point. Um, so that was when I went to the doctor. So while all this was happening, sorry, I hope everyone's following along. It's quite confusing. (laughs) How how long, how long was the period that you were, like technically unwell for do you think um so it would have been so it started just after the marathon so it would have been what sort of april may time um of the year before lockdown i can't remember 2019 i guess yes we're still on 2019 um and then carried on till about the march in 2020 so for a long time then yeah nine ten months (laughs) um and and it's one of those things that just like i said i was aware that i probably wasn't okay but I didn't, it wasn't showing in any awful way. You know, I wasn't sort of collapsing or yeah. um, not able to eat or anything like that. So what I was happening? Was what, was, what were you, you know, tired? Yeah, tired. Um, not, was struggling with food. I was really struggling with overeating, um, which I think having read up on it now is to do with apparently your body's just craving anything and everything to try mm. and help you recover. Um, so I was struggling with overeating, but because I obviously was doing all this fitness stuff that didn't help mm. <laughs> um, because I just kept burning through whatever extra calories my body was trying to hold cling on to. Um, I was also really struggling. Um, yeah, like I said, with, with sleep. So I would sleep, I could actually get to sleep, but I wasn't getting any proper decent sleep at all. I would wake up, um, I started grinding my teeth um mm. and I would wake up sweaty in the night and it was just 
just horrible mm. <laughs> um uh, feeling stressed all the time oh this is a really fun one if you've never experienced it um if you have then again maybe might be time to <laughs> dial it back a bit um when something would happen so say I was walking home and like I don't know a car would backfire or a loud noise would happen yeah. I would feel stress like I call them stress hormones I don't know if they were but I would feel stress hormones literally zapping down my body like it felt like lightning I could feel it um which is obviously quite alarming when you're just walking along a road or you know at, oh in your God. house if something happened on yeah. telly it was nuts but again just stuff that it fe- it sounds weird when I say it now it sounds very alarming yeah but at the time I was just like, oh, maybe I'm like a ninja now because I do so much training. Maybe, (laughs) you know, um, maybe, uh, you know, I'd always say to myself, oh, I'll sleep better next week or, um, oh, it's just because things are stressful at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And that sort of uh, the other thing that I really remember from it was that kind of stressful churning in your stomach. You know, when you know when you look at your to do list and you know there's no way you're going to get it done for the day. But it was like that all the time. Just every waking second. Just, yeah, really horrible. Mm. But when like I said, when I look back at that time, um, uh, you know, I remember feeling that I was training really well and I was, you know, kind of smashing it and all those mm. things that you hear in the fitness world yeah. um, that suggest that you should keep going um, and kind of crack on. <laughs> so, so then what made you go to the doctors? What was well, the thing? So- what started it was um, around the time of the marathon, I'd actually been taken off the pill because I was getting migraines, um, which may have also been related, but we're not sure. Um, so uh, I was expecting my periods to return and I had one and then that was it. Didn't have anything again. Um, and after yeah, that amount of time apart, it was about similar to amount of time, nine, 10 months Um mm-hmm. I realised that that needed probably checking out. So I went to the doctors um, and she said to me, and it was actually the last in-person doctor's appointment that literally happened before um, lockdown. (laughs) And it was uh, (laughs) literally in the world. (laughs) Um, And she said to me, she was a different doctor to the one I normally have because they'd had to bring someone else in because of COVID. Um, And she said, she was like, I need you to go away and look at your lifestyle. She was like, I think that you're, uh, I think you're stressed. I think you've got something going on. And she mentioned adrenal fatigue. Um, and she was like, so I need you to just go away and change everything um, and, and see what happens. So that was when I started doing all this kind of um, work on it during lockdown. Um, so mm-hmm. first of all, I cut everything. So I stopped pretty much all exercise. Um, and that really helped non-surprisingly. Um, mm. I started to, I had a, like a few weeks where I was just, I slept and I was just really tired, which was probably actually me catching up on all that proper sleep that I'd missed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I did that. Um, and then, um, I did some research around kind of like balancing training with hormones. It's all still in the really early stages. Um, but basically it was around the first two weeks of my cycle doing the more intense things, the HIIT workouts, um, kind of sprint training, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that makes you stressed. It's all tied into that stress hormone. Um, so, so yeah, at that point it's okay to feel stressed because your body's happy to do it, ready for it or something along those lines. Yeah. Not very medical, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> and then uh, the next two weeks, like I think it's luteal phase, um, doing more yoga strength work is fine just nothing too high heart rate type yeah. stuff um and and runs are fine um steady state runs just uh, you know kind of you're talking your sort of long slow runs as opposed yeah. to 
fast um, intervals. So um, I started to do that. And uh, then I got my period back. Oh, my God. Was very exciting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so it's just carried on from there, really. So, how, how long did it take for your period to come back after you che- adjusted your training in that way? Oh, like no time at all. Basically, from so I think I got my first one in I think it was the end of April. So we'd gone into yeah. lockdown early March, well, the middle of March, I suppose. But I'd sort of started this process a bit before lockdown. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it was literally straight in, like which was such an indicator that something had been wrong. Um, um, oh they do God. say that actually apparently now they're trying to encourage gps to ask what's happening with your periods especially if you're not on um the pill or anything that's regulating yeah. them um because it's like a vital sign because ultimately if your body feels too stressed and it's not going to want you to procreate so <laughs> yeah, yeah. no periods for you <laughs> yeah um so that was kind of kind of it <laughs> God, that's i mean i just think that's, that's absolutely fascinating that's um and and you've been fine since Yes. So um, obviously, once that all happened, um, I wasn't I mean, obviously, I knew that I'd done something good, but I was a bit worried it was a fluke. Mm. Um, So every month I was surprised (laughs) when my period came. And then I started tracking it and recognising the signs that everything was moving along, even, you know, during the month, not just when my period arrived. And that was good. Um, And then there's been a couple of times when um, my period's been early or late. um, But it's kind of interesting because I can directly attribute that to when I've been uh, not following kind of my little plan that I do um if I've done yeah there was um, a time I think it was around when I moved house at Christmas um where I just lost track of what week I was on and just kept doing hit workouts because I enjoyed them for the mental health kind of benefit um and that had a really big impact actually um on my period so um it was yeah it came um really early and then it was really un- unpleasant and then it disappeared altogether and then it came back again <laughs> just oh. for an extra whammy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then yes I'm and currently I'm actually working through something quite interesting so I'm currently training for a half marathon oh nice um which is great um yeah. I think it's in September mm-hmm. um but uh I've been again doing some more research around kind of the rest thing and I very quickly slipped back into exactly what I did for the marathon, which was keeping everything the same, except also adding mileage. But the problem is, if you're adding mileage, that's adding stress, essentially. All different types of stress to your body. It's going to be hormones. It's going to be, obviously, physical stress, mental stress, lots of things. Um, So, yeah, so now I've actually had to really have a a word with myself and make sure that as I'm increasing mileage, I'm also decreasing stress in other areas. So if I've had, like, a calm week at work or at home and I feel that I'm happy to go and do all my normal workouts, then that's great. But if I'm feeling stressed, if I've been running around or having to um, go and see my mum or something and Mm -hmm. I feel a bit on edge, then, yeah, then I try and dial back my workouts because ultimately the important thing is that I feel balanced and also getting the mileage in because I don't want to get an injury, obviously. So it's kind of like, so you have to, you have to consider stress in all, in, in all its guises, which I've never really thought about before. So you've got to think about, being stressed as in stressed at work but also being stressed in terms of what you're putting your body through 
Yes, which again, it was not something I, I twigged at all. And, and like I said, there's not huge amounts of research on it. So this is a purely sort of personal experience. But mm. um, it's it's those markers, actually, that I mentioned earlier, when I noticed, you know, the, the things like the zapping through the fingers and yeah. the not sleeping and the grinding teeth. Um, those things increase, yes, whether it's added stress at work or added physical stress or yeah added sort of emotional stress um which yeah so I noticed those things happening more in my body regardless of what type of stress it is and that for me is a really good marker of okay well something's not right your stress levels overall are too high no matter where they're coming from because that's the interesting thing about our bodies is that obviously we we used to be primed for things like lions chasing us through the outback which I'm sure happened to all of our ancestors (laughs) (laughs) um but now of course our brain can't separate you know, an email that comes through that tells you that you've forgotten to do something, it can't separate that that is not a lion chasing us. It thinks, oh, that's a lion chasing us because you've had mm. a stress response to it. So it's it's all kind of tied in in a really interesting way. <laughs> I, I just, it's, it, uh, that's blown my tiny mind, actually. <laughs> I, I think it that's really mind. fascinating. And because, and, and so much you say completely resonates with my own experience. And it's just like, oh my God. God, yeah, absolutely, and it's kind of like I do see this like the the importance of training to menstrual cycle, which I I never ever do. Yeah, um, <laughs> I never I did. Always, I didn't think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, and I I think I I really should, particularly now. I, I find like, but it's now like it's now less a gentle arc, and it's yes. more two spikes for me during the month. So it's kind of I think I probably need to adjust it on. It's but it's so difficult when you are training for something. Because you have a training plan that feels yeah. a bit set in stone, doesn't it? And it's a bit like... Totally. And I've, like when I've talked to Holly about it and I've tried to be kind to her and sort of said, you know, don't worry if you miss your long run at the weekend, see it in kind of two or three week kind of arcs rather than just, you know, solid. But I've got my training plan on the fridge and I, yeah. I, try, and, I try and tell myself it doesn't matter if I've missed that, the, the 14 miler at the weekend because as long as it sort of occurs at some point within the next couple of weeks, that's fine. But I can't. It's re- I'm just. It's there, and I've missed it. So you know, I've either yeah. got to take it or cross it off or something. And um, I, it's really yeah, hard. I struggle with that, especially because I um, I'm quite relaxed with other people. Like obviously, as a as a coach, you know, I'm always encouraging people to listen to their body. But I'm terrible <laughs> at taking my own advice. Well, I was. I'm getting yeah. better now. Um, but I was the same. If it's if like you say, if it's on the fridge or if it's on the list, it needs to happen. If I don't do it on that day, yeah. I won't just abandon it I'll probably try and fit it in to you know the next day before then the next run and and of course that just makes more stress because usually like we said there's a reason why you've missed it and sometimes it's because of scheduling but often it's because you didn't feel like going and obviously it's easy to never feel like going (laughs) but sometimes that's because your hormones are playing up or you know it's, it's that time of your cycle what we need is like an app that and I wonder if this exists an app that kind of that will shove things around for you without you having to do it so you plot in your menstrual cycle and you plot in all other bits and pieces like um deadlines like work deadlines for instance you could put that on there couldn't you um yeah or or, or late nights or something where you're going to have slightly less sleep and you could plot all of that in and then it would take in your kind of 
stuff from your from Garmin or Strava and it would feed that in and it would then shunt and you'd put in you could plot in your training plan and then it would just move things around it would say actually tomorrow is a really good day to do speed work or tomorrow is a good day to just stay under your duvet I want an app to tell me to stay under my <laughs> duvet. That. But I never <laughs> know about duvet days until out. the day's gone. Yeah. When it, I, <laughs> app honestly, developers everywhere. <laughs> I, I really need it. Um, every single month now, and I still, I still wouldn't be able to predict it, every single month, there'll be at least two days, probably ovulation and probably first day of period, or no, it's probably about a week before my period, I think. Yeah, and I get it. At least two days. My period. That I, yeah, really, really bad that I will go to bed and I'll say to Dave, I wish I'd not got up today. Mm. You know? Yeah. And this is it. And quite often on those days, because I resent feeling that sort of sluggish, I then often will, well, used to push myself to go and do something. Oh, well, I'll be fine if I just get out and have a run or, you know, oh, I'll just, I'll wake myself up with a 10K. I won't. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Rest. Yeah. A pint of coffee and a 5K doesn't work. (laughs) No, no. And that's um, the other thing that I've noticed as sort of a sort of side offset to that is, um, well, I wasn't super worried because this became my focus. I was um, open to the fact that I might sort of lose some of my gains or strength or speed or whatever it was. I was happy to let that happen because this was obviously sort of at this point a medical issue. Um, But actually doing this kind of cycle approach um I haven't noticed any losses at all and in fact I've noticed some gains in some at some times of the month mm. um you know if I do if I do runs at long runs um and I've done all my speed work and everything in the first two weeks usually I find them a lot easier and I feel great and then mm. if I try and do a longer run um which is okay to do a longer run in in the second two weeks of my cycle um uh, often I find it harder um but it's nice knowing why I found it harder yeah. um of course it's impossible because you can't really move races around for your <laughs> cycle <laughs> um but at least I'll know going into it what I'm expecting to feel like <laughs> yeah. and so like right food so you were talking yes. about overeating and stuff yes <laughs> and I I know um without wanting to kind of from my experience it's mm. uh, if I'm tired then that the knock-on effect is is eating way too much yeah, and way too much sugar and stuff yeah mm. um so how has this affected or how have you used nutrition to kind of work with it or? yes so um basically yeah it's all it's also kind of tied into a little bit of um kind of like fat phobic culture that I had been slightly um drawn into and sort of the diet culture stuff so um during the point where I wasn't well I was I was very much on the you know I should be eating tons of protein and not much carbs and then was frustrated with myself when my body was like no no (laughs) let's eat the carbs (laughs) yeah so uh yeah so that was sort of quite a vicious cycle and obviously it didn't help with what was going on so um uh, and again another thing that doctor suggested this gp was amazing and i don't even know her name she's not like i said she's not a regular doctor so um if she's out there listening thank you <laughs> um so she suggested that i start to do a little bit more kind of intuitive eating um so for the again the first few months um i tried that and i ate everything i wanted to and everything my body craved um and obviously that started being jelly babies and like Pringles and that was pretty much all I wanted um but again that was just my body's real clear cry for we want easy to 
to eat carbs. We want easy to eat food energy because we're not happy. Um, suddenly my body has become a wee, sorry. <laughs> it's got multiple personalities. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so then um, once that sort of died down, um, I started to actually notice what I was vaguely hungry for, kind of like vague cravings um and then again doing this kind of research into this cycle syncing thing um I read a lot of different advice about what you should eat on different parts of your cycle um some of it was good some of it wasn't so good for me personally so I think it does depend on on you as a person but I definitely do need to eat different things at different times um so what's happened for me now is that again the first few weeks those kind of hit intense high weeks um uh, it's very much uh yeah lots of protein because i'm doing a lot of exercise so i need more protein um carbs are fine they're fine but just um i don't seem to want a lot of stodgy carbs i really want like vegetables and to sort of feel really healthy and i'm getting loads of nutrients in and everything else Mm -hmm. um and then in the second half and this they have done actually quite a lot of research on this um in the second half of your cycle you actually burn way more calories um not that I'm focused on calories anymore, but it's just interesting in terms of energy expenditure. Your body needs more energy because you're busy doing stuff with your hormones and your cycle that needs a little bit more energy. Um, I can really see that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I was, when my readings, I'm encouraged that the second two weeks should be kind of a lot more carbs. Um, and it can be, I mean, I, personally mixed carbs I'm not a particularly white carb brown carb person you know I'm a bit like if I want white pasta I'll have white pasta if I fancy something you know really sort of nutty and like brown rice I'll have that um so just making sure I'm getting enough energy in in those two weeks um and because then I've given myself sort of permission um or given myself the resources to eat a bit more actual proper carbs and stuff uh I just don't have the cravings that I used to have for you know the salt and the sugar um on that second half of my cycle which used to be pretty um you know sort of constant um and I remember right from being a teenager that was sort of well I mean we all do don't we we all have that kind of oh I want chocolate yeah (laughs) um yeah oh yeah I mean yes again yet again there's all these sort of things I'm just going oh my god yeah 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 me too and I know that um, in looking at myself in the mirror and how I feel about myself, that I tend to get or feel thinner on the day of my period in a really weird way, whereas other people might bloat or whatever. I, yeah. I'll get up in the morning. It's like, oh, crikey. As if I've just been training loads and loads and loads with the week before and not, I don't know, but then it all kind of levels out, you know, a week or so later kind of thing or a couple of days later. Yeah. So that. But also I know that um, I need to sort out my food because I am very much protein and veg. But if I do protein and veg in the evening, it means that I, I do dive into sugar and yeah, you know, anything, anything chocolate, anything sugar, um, any crisps. And I just, I allow myself that because I've had protein and, um, and veg. And I think, oh, that's, that's okay. I'm allowed to have this sort of stuff. However, if I have carbs, I'm way more full. So yeah. I'll, I'll try, you know, I'll try and work through it, work through the pain. See <laughs> <laughs> <So> what happens. <laughs> um, again, in all this sort of reading that I've done around it, most of the fact that 
that a, that a lot of us don't know about this stuff. And and some people do still sort of shout me down. Some traditional um, kind of personal trainer type people do still say, oh, it's just, it's just hooey. It's just women being dramatic. Um, but a lot of what we have been told about nutrition and, and training and sleep and literally even work our whole lives mm. is based on the male model, which is a 24 hour hormone cycle. You know, we've got a huge, hugely long 28 day hormone cycle with every different day could mean something different for, for yeah, how receptive we are to stress, how we will need to eat, how, you know, how even like, you know, open we'd be in, you know, talking to our partners, you know, it's going to be so, so different. Um, And I think we just don't, we haven't been told about it. (laughs) I was talking to my mum this weekend about, um, about professional athletes who are now trying like the football team about yeah. having to menstrual cycles and she was and, and bear in mind she is an ardent feminist but she found that surprising yeah. you know we're well, not surprising weird, yeah. surprising new you know and just like oh yeah. and 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 it, it did take me to sort of say look this, this is what this is how women should have always been training and it's wrong that it's only started now you know it's wrong that it's current because it's so yes. obvious it's so bloody obvious that we're you know that we exactly. have different from men oddly enough yeah. and and yeah and and being able to to acknowledge that and give ourselves space as well to to experience the things that are different you know sometimes um you know and I know obviously I was in the same camp people um a lot say oh you know I really dread uh, you know the last two weeks of my phase or you know I really dread my period um but since all this has been happening I genuinely can't wait for my luteal phase because I just feel like yes now I get to do like yoga every day <laughs> eat lots of pasta <laughs> um and and I just I see it as quite a yeah, quite a sort of soothing kind of inward calming part of my phase. And then I, you know, when I'm coming out of that, I can feel my energy level start to rise and I'm looking forward to smashing it in the workout and, you know, sprinting. I think there's like, there, there is just that one week and it's just, just immediately. So my period is normally pretty gruesome and I hate it. So it's just coming out of that. So maybe kind of day five, day six. And then at that point, and just before I ovulate, I have one or two days where I'm an absolute bloody superhero. And I have, <laughs> yeah. for our period, it's like, I have conquered everything. I can do everything. I'm like, I'm just, you know, and I, my to-do list is just like, you know, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Then ovulation and it's just a slow dive. <laughs> I never... Yeah. Like I've said this before on this podcast, and I can't remember who it was too. It might be Juliet McGrattan, but I was like, I didn't know when I ovulated until I was trying to get pregnant, and yeah. loads of women don't know, and I didn't even really understand, you know. And this is because I am really stupid, but I didn't really understand when you would get pre- when the best time no. to would be until I started thinking oh hang on a minute why aren't I pregnant after about six months you know and then sort of doing those kind of ovulation wee sticks that you can do and so when I started doing that and when the smiley face on my wee stick occurred at the same time as when I had kind of deep pelvic pain it was like I got it now so the pain (laughs) I get midway it's somewhere between the two periods is now my pain but that's because um did you know that it has a a name which makes me laugh every time i say it it's called mittelschmerz (laughs) (laughs) 
skirts. That sounds like sort of German skirt. Is that? It, it, it does, doesn't it? Um, it is a German word. I can't remember who coined it, but that's that's it. So every time I have those pains, I'm like, oh, I'm just mittelschmerzing. <laughs> What worries me is that I can understand because it's a Germanic word that mittel means middle, but what the <laughs> hell is schmerz? <laughs> yeah, schmerz does not sound good, does it? <laughs> that sounds like more sort of actual period stuff that happens. Yeah, if you were to kind of onomatopoeic, onomatopoeically explain. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Day four of schmerz. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> schmerzing besides. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's something that uh, we all, yeah, we, we could all do with learning about because, yeah, I was the same. I kind of thought that once you had your period, you could pretty much, woo, get pregnant anytime. Um, <laughs> I didn't, because that's just what they tell you at school because they want to terrify you, obviously. <laughs> I remember the kind of teenage magazines, which were just like, you know, you'd get Q&As that were supposedly written by young girls but they wouldn't have been they would have been you know, now I know um having worked I know actually I feel like I'm giving away a state secret <laughs> <laughs> you develop Q&As in order to answer queries that might that a lot of the population of your, your readership might might be yeah and so you would get queries like can I get pregnant when I'm on my period and they would painstakingly explain that yes you could <laughs> only when you try and get pregnant when you're kind of particularly when you're sort of mid to late 30s that you think oh, actually oh, no it's it's well I think technically technically yes yeah really really, small small chances. Chances. really hard really mm. hard yeah yeah god oh but yeah I, I I do understand why 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 it happens and mm. and I do think it's important um but yeah I think I think some more knowledge but of course it is also related to kind of uh birth control as well and and yeah. what you're on because for me I would never have done this until eventually I guess I came off my pill if I was you know looking yeah. to have a, a child so if yeah. it weren't for 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 sort of this it sort of all yeah winds in together I'm sure I would have realized that I wasn't okay after the marathon at some point regardless of my period but um because I had that sort of that that opportunity to really get in touch with my full body yeah. um, that kind of led to that obviously if you are on birth control it will be different because you're being regulated so there'll be different things you need to do and um and actually the the hormones that are kind of involved in the pill I think are a lot more similar to kind of the levels of men's hormones that you have I think again it's something I've read all of these things that I've read <laughs> I have tried out my own versions of them <laughs> but I'm not saying any of them are full legitimate scientific sources <laughs> um but uh, yeah so so that sort of more traditional um uh, sort of you know workout week or workout month uh, probably yeah. will work fine <laughs> yeah yeah it's true it, it, it it's education is is um has mm. to answer for doesn't it i think that for sure you know you, you're told you're told how not to get pregnant but you're not told how to get pregnant because they just yes. going to figure that bit out by yourself but also you know you're told like perfunctory bits about what periods are and and their function and everything but like you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't know any of this until I had to do, I had to do my own research. You've clearly yeah. had to do your own research. Um, people I know with things like endometriosis had to do their own research. Yes. You know, people that had to go through IVF cycles had to do their research. This, this stuff is not, you know, there needs to be proper massive classes and all this stuff. Yeah, there really does. Um, and well, yeah, sort of similarly with, with fertility stuff. Um, 
I heard on a podcast recently that, you know, obviously fertility rates are rising, but the, the, the numbers of people who actually physically need assistance is a lot lower than who actually get assistance. And a lot of that apparently is around the fact that there's not enough um, kind of, yeah, education around what you can do to increase your fertility, you know. Um, it's all hearsay, isn't it? It's what our friends yeah. say. Like I, I started going through the fertility route only yes. because a friend of mine had been through it. And I knew things because of her. So I was able to use that. And again, I was able to, I I spoke to a friend about her suspected endometriosis because another friend had been diagnosed. And I was, was, because that friend had said to me, the first friend with endo had said to me, you know, heavy and massively painful periods isn't part of the course. Yeah. Made me then speak to another friend and go, oh, hang on a minute. This sounds like you're really kind of debilitated once a month kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just hearsay and it's like women's hour, Radio 4. So that's how we're yeah. information. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I feel like, I'm, like you know, we're talking about today. It's just kind of, yeah, sort of sharing an experience and hoping that it might help some people. But it's such a shame, you know, like I just said, the, this reading is all non-scientific. Why is there not some uh, one website, one would do somewhere with yeah. good scientific based research on how you know women should live their lives slightly differently to men you know <laughs> um to do with their hormones <laughs> surely that should exist in this day and age but it just doesn't it, it, it absolutely should i'd be really interested actually if anyone is listening to that and mm. they do know of like my my app idea if they know an app <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or they know of a website that actually tells women everything that they should know in terms of I guess training and eating around menstrual cycles. There probably is something out there, but it's kind of it's something that's kind of usable as a kind of a yeah. way that you can plot your own life against. I think. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, it is it is so important because well, like kind of with mine, obviously the actual the thing of not having my period and not really having a menstrual cycle. Um, you know, at that point in my life didn't bother me that much because I wasn't looking to have a child. But um, as I mentioned, obviously, that was a huge symptom of of this other really big problem that was going on with me, which was the yeah. overtraining, which is very easy to, to misdiagnose as just, oh, I'm a bit stressed at the moment. Um, you know, oh, you know, I'm up in the night with my kids, not me personally. But I know, um, I know a lot of people who overtrain who aren't athletes, so they think it's not them they're like oh I'm not overtraining I'm not an athlete look at me you know but it's very easy to do that ultimately it's just over stress yeah and 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 because that thing that you like so right at the beginning you know they're kind of like muddling up kind of the stress of the kind of mental stress through Mm. kind of work and life and physical stress through training I would never I would never bundle those two things together and think that the two combined might have some kind of effect on me yeah I mean I what what I experienced I understand again I I have because I only had this very quite brief discussion with my doctor about it um but uh yeah I don't want to trivialize it um because you know what, what I experienced in my symptoms were still quite mild compared to some people I do actually know um someone who's a professional squash player I think um and he had really bad adrenal fatigue like literally couldn't get out of bed you know for days sort of thing um so you know it can be a lot worse than what I had I'm not trying to say that oh I had it and you know I just had a few symptoms but um but it was still what I was what the doctor suggested that I had you know been experiencing um and and that just sort of shows that it can really get anyone in lots of different areas yeah and it's yeah it's just um I mean it's it's interesting in itself but it's also interesting because like 
as people, we are now told to do, you know, a certain amount of minutes of exercise a week. And, you know, you think that you're doing really, if you're doing like, you know, half an hour a day or 45 minutes a day mm-hmm. or something or, or, or kind of training quite extensively three times a week or something, you think, oh, well, that's, this is good. This is good. But it's not necessarily, not necessarily the right training at the right time for you. I think it's probably yeah. thing, isn't it? I think that's it. And, and, you know, it's so easy. Um, and again, something I often did. So at the point where probably things were sort of at their, their worst. Um, so I, at that point lived close to town. Um, so I would, um, walk 15 minutes in, in the morning to do my classes and then walk 15 minutes home. And then invariably I'd come and walk another 15 minutes back later to do my actual workout myself and then 15 minutes home and then walk the dog for an hour. So, um, at the time I was like, right, walking, great. I'm hitting, you know, I'm super superseding these 10,000 steps that we've been given to do and what a amazing human I must be. Um, but that was actually a huge uh, contributor <laughs> to it, which sounds really daft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so for example, now I, um, sometimes I will have days similar to that where I, teach and then I go and do a workout and then I walk the dog but yeah. because I uh, get the bus um I'm a lot calmer um my uh, my apple watch rings are kind of within a normal range um you know I don't feel stressed um and I'm not saying walking per se is stressful but ultimately just that constant being on the go yeah. wasn't very helpful for me so it's it's even small things like that you know that kind of what is it they call it is it neat it's non non-exercise something, something. yeah I, I spoke about that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago but I wasn't mm. sure of what the acronym stood for but yeah it's nervously yeah jogging your leg up and <laughs> yeah all the all the stuff that you do physically that yeah. isn't like you know like you turn your watch and be like oh this is the workout you know basically it's all that stuff so um yeah even that can contribute you know and you have to 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 bear that in mind when you're looking at your kind of training week um you know yeah if if like yeah sometimes I go on the walk with the dog and I get lost and I'm off for like two or three hours well okay I mean I've already done covered quite a lot of mileage that week so maybe I'm going to dial back my actual runs because my body's still getting the benefits of 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 that training you know I, I know you and Holly have spoken about kind of um, heart rate training and sometimes doing things in zone um, zone one and zone two things like that well walking yeah. especially running after the dog she's wandered off um, <laughs> is in that kind of training zone so you know that is training it's all part and parcel um, yeah. it doesn't have to be from the minute you start your your you know your Garmin to the minute that you end your Garmin there's a lot of other things that, that you can do um, that sort of add towards that goal so yeah it's sort of reframing the kind of walking around the shops or doing the hoovering or, you know, doing yeah. gardening as it's not just stuff. It's, it, it does actually kind of, it might put you in like, for instance, zone two and you, you yeah. don't realise. Well, yeah. So um, actually this is quite a fascinating story as well. So um, my friend has a, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called a whoop. Um, it's like a, it's a bit like a watch, except it doesn't show you the time or anything, um, but it's, it's like a wrist strap and it kind of measures again don't quote me it measures your heart rate but it sort of does some clever calculations where it works out um just sort of how much energy you've put into something and then it gives you recommendations on how much rest you need you need which essentially is kind of measuring stress overall because ultimately if you you need rest if you've stressed your body so that's it so um he's got a whoop um and we helped them move house um at some point and uh afterwards he said that his whoop suggested that he take two days off training which is quite unusual for him he's quite an athletic type um and uh that blew my mind because I was like you know 
quite often and you know you know when you move house that you're busy moving boxes and you're quite physically tired but I would be the kind of person who would have you know beaten myself up a bit for missing a workout or something or I would have been like oh well I didn't go and do yeah like my run today so I'll do it tomorrow well no that was enough for him like I said he needed two days rest (laughs) I Um, I love something to tell me I mean occasionally you know my Garmin will say Mm. Um, it says doesn't it how many hours or days that you need after doing particular kind of runs mm. or, or whatever but I don't I don't adhere to it I don't know and this I is it. listen to myself if I'm if I'm if I'm physically tired like if I've had less sleep than I normally do that doesn't stop me from going for a run either when in fact maybe actually an extra hour sleep would be more beneficial to me and my body than going for that run yeah definitely and that's that's yes been such a key kind of part of this as well and that's something I struggle with because I'm quite um I'm both a morning person and a night person (laughs) so I really struggle with actually putting myself to bed (laughs) um but yeah I think it's in it's been more important to me to like I said to prioritize that sometimes over movement you know um especially uh, again, it, uh, uh, this is kind of, oh, I just find it fascinating. So, and I'm still working through this myself, but basically it's all about like that kind of, it's a bit like, I don't know if you've seen, there's a woman on social media and when she gets her money for the week, I think her husband gets paid like weekly or something. So she gets cash and she puts it in different envelopes. Um, and each envelope has like household bills, um, you know, things you have to pay, household bills, you know, car bills and whatever. And then there are other envelopes, um, ones for, you know, holiday fund. One is for, um, I don't know, yeah, buying a new handbag fund. <laughs> and based on the money that she's got, she does the ones that she has to do. And then she puts in um, the extras and she chooses where she wants to put them. And that's kind of what I think is kind of where what we all need to be at you know we need to look at how many hours we've got available in the week um we need to look at what resources we've got you know is it a high energy week is it a low energy week um and you know if we if we're working towards a race obviously at the moment like I said my priority is my training plan I need to make sure that that's the first thing that comes so you know yeah I'll put in my runs and those are pretty you know I'll make sure they're adapted to where I am in my cycle and those are they have to happen and then if I've got extra money extra like yeah body cash or time cash left over then I'll decide where those want to go and if I know okay strength training is the next most important then I'll put you know a bit of time in for that and oh well I need the mental health thing of yoga or I need some stretching then that goes in and then if I've run out and I haven't got enough left for enough sleep then something needs to shift and I need to redistribute (laughs) where one of those goes oh Kate you're so wise (laughs) I just feel like such a numpty for not kind of listening to myself um but it's what we've been kind of trained to do <laughs> that's the thing by society it's only it was only putting myself in quite a dire position that got me to a point of of getting to research that and that's shocking yeah like, we shouldn't have to do that to ourselves no we shouldn't yeah oh thank you so much for chatting to me <laughs> i have loved this i feel like i've found out so much it's just yeah it's just fab it's just kind of yeah, I can't. I can't wait to do some googling after this. Actually, yes. and a real kind of investigate into all this kind of stuff. And um, for sure, the idea of kind of doing different training in the first two weeks and then in the second two weeks is absolutely lovely. I think it's a really nice. Just thinking, oh yeah, that's the yoga, the yoga weeks. You know, yeah. The strength. Yeah, like you said, I think that's um, yeah, that's really cool. 
yeah and and it just like I said I just for me it makes it more enjoyable as well training wise because sometimes training can be a bit exhausting after 12 weeks of the same thing every week so <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to hear from anyone if they've experienced something similar I think so um yeah for sure yeah oh Kate you're amazing thank you so much and <laughs> I will right. speak to you a little bit later on I guess yes thank you so much for having me and to listeners for uh, for yeah accepting me instead of Holly for this episode <laughs> we're all a kind bunch it's all (laughs) very welcoming and lovely (laughs) i hope you enjoyed getting to know kate this week we'll find out how her training is going later on in our next workshop holly will be back at the helm and we have a billion things to tell you about Remember to go to womensrunning.co.uk forward slash Cascadia for your chance to win one of two pairs of Brooks Cascadia 16s. Quick, do it now. Also remember that you chaps get the best discount for women's running, which is 35% off. That's less than $2.95 a month. Go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPOD at the checkout for your discount. Happy running. <laughs>